Can I uh, cash out my tab uh, and get those gentlemen down there? Um, who wants a shot on me? Anybody? <laughs> you guys shot? No, I'm done. Sure? Right. Any shots? <laughs> I was oh, I take I one. <laughs> Dude, I'm I'm slamming IPAs right now, bro. I just won 90 bucks <laughs> betting against the Sabres. Nice, dude. I just got guilty for taking another shot. I fucking work in the morning. (laughs) You taking a shot up, Dwayne? I was doing Jameson. Nice. That's the only thing you two, you do take a shot. Oh, we're we're cold opening with this. Dwayne Rex Sports tonight as we're here for a brand new episode of Crisis Swords. We have no idea what's going on with the Sabres. Is Jason Bottrell alive? Is he going to be here in the morning? We have no idea. But first, a quick shout out to our sponsor, Amherst Ale House, home of half price pitchers of Molson and Coors Light during all Sabres games until they win the Stanley Cup, which means forever. We just saw the Sabres lose to the Red Wings, albeit in a shootout. But first, I'm going to send it to you, Tristan, because I know you have a lot to say before we hear Dwayne. It's an absolute shit show right now. For anybody that watched that game, it was a tire fire. It was an absolute joke of a performance. The fact that they even took it into overtime and expelled that was an absolute travesty. I cannot believe that it went that far. Um, cheers to Chug uh, Bud. There's going to be a lot of good news coming out of Chug Bud very, very soon. Keep you updated. Keep you posted. Uh, the game of Sabres are a joke. I don't know what is next. Yeah, Tristan, I don't know what's next either, but we got to talk about someone who knows what's going on right now and someone who was just there firsthand for it. Dwayne, what what are your thoughts after this loss? Dude, uh, I don't know, man. Like, I'd love to say that they fought back and, you know, they got a point out of it, but, I mean, I mean, let's say it. That's like, you know, 10 or 12 games way too late, and it's against Detroit. That's what I have to say about it. Like, it's... It's, it's, it's terrible, man. Like, I mean, I mean, just you, you, you can't lose games to the Troy Red Wings and expect to be a competitive hockey team. Yeah, you're almost, you're almost doubling up the the Red Wings in points, and you're not even in a playoff position. You go out and lay an absolute yeah. egg. I'm one of the very few Again. Sabres fans who are, like, extremely happy about this one because I saw this one coming, went, put a bunch of money on Sabres going to OT in this one and Red Wings minus one. Had the foresight on that one. I thought the Red Wings were going to pull this out, but I thought it was going to go to OT, and it was the right call. Like, for whatever reason, this team comes out flat, and the Red Wings got on them early, were able to get that goal early first uh, in the first period, and you come back and you have that goal 
overturned um, for Scott Wilson there with the goaltender's interference, and it just seemed like from there, the rest of that period, it, it was another lackluster performance. It seemed like they were not fully engaged into this game, not just fully focused, and uh, Dylan Larkin's able to get another one with .2 seconds left in that period. And it just seems to be the same old story with these Sabres, game in and game out, not generating enough shot attempts that are good attempts, like nothing you're going to score off of, Tristan. I don't know what you saw tonight, but there's nothing really optimistic to take away from this game at all. No, I, I saw just a pure lack of effort. I mean, it, from beginning to end, like I said, I mean, you, you, you nailed it on the head. Detroit came out. Not that they even looked great. I mean, both of these teams absolutely suck. There, there is no doubt about it. But when Detroit, a team that's on pace for like 43 points or something like that, whatever it may be, um, you, I mean, the, the Sabers laid an egg in the first in the first two and a half periods. It was an absolute. It was unbelievable to watch. I cannot understand how you do not take advantage of a team that is as bad as Detroit. What is going on? I can't even. I was up to the end of the game, and I couldn't figure. I was. I, I couldn't even figure out if like if I should tweet anything because I don't even know what to say anymore. I don't even. Yeah, there's just so many, so many emotions going on right now. Whether it's being pissed off or sad, Tristan. Like, I I don't know how to feel, but it. Dwayne being there, I. I'm not too sure if you've seen those pictures of Jason Bottrill um, sitting up there in the in the press box, but it didn't it he he didn't look like he was having a lot of fun. It's going to be real tough for him come the morning because things might be changing down there. I mean, do you really believe that, sir? It's possible. Like, do you? I, mean, uh, I, I don't think it's going to happen by morning, but. There's rumblings already that he's basically on his way out, whether you know you wait to the end of the season or not. Um, we are getting, you know, I'm saying hashtag fans with sources. Um, I've heard some things. Um, whether it's you know tomorrow or not, I, I think a change might be imminent here. You know, there's been speculation whether you know you can move up Kruger to maybe maintain both roles, which is very possible. If there's anyone in hockey that can do it, who has the intelligence time, and, yeah. you know, the leadership ability to do it, it probably would be Ralph Kruger. Um, it, it'd be a crazy move to do. And you might want to actually bring in, you know, a director of hockey operations or something like that still above him. So he's got some help, but yeah. you know, there's things you can do without fully shaking up the organization. I don't know how you feel about that, Dwayne. Um, if there's any guy, if there's a guy in this league that can do it, I mean, it's definitely Ralph Kruger. He, he ran a, a premier soccer organization, you know, you know, you know, almost to the highest you know position you could have as far as decision making goes. And you know, if any if there's anybody that knows about soccer, that's not an easy job to do. And he was pretty good at it. He was successful. And um, before all, before he did all that, I mean, he did coach the Edmonton Oilers. And if uh, anybody knows the history of that like they had nothing but good things to say about ralph Kruger and that organization like nothing but good things to say and um i was i was really excited when they brought him on because it was just something different you know it was like yep. it wasn't some retread coach um 
and you love the way he talks and the way he speaks and you know you know how, how much he pays to pays attention to analytics um we haven't had that in a long time if at all and you know i uh just I, I truly believe it. this is not a coaching thing. I mean, yeah, you can question some of his decision-making for sure, but um, I, I definitely wouldn't even consider changing coaches. That, that's not even, in the, in, that's not even yeah. a question right now. Yeah, and that's, that's why I think you can make some minor moves like that upper, you know, uh, above the coach, and you can keep Ralph here or maybe, you know, elevate or move things around, Tristan, right? I, I couldn't agree more. I don't think it's a coaching thing whatsoever. At the end of the day, we've been we've been talking about this shit for months now. You can't just keep shuffling people in and out of leadership positions, whether it's GMs, whether it's coaches. We've been doing that for the past 10 years, and we've been seeing the exact same results. It goes higher than that. You had the huge falling out with Pat LaFontaine. Again, uh, we're all started, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? You start that, and now it's like you can't point the finger at Kruger. I can't even necessarily point the finger at Bottero. He's he's almost like a puppet. He's literally like one of those guys that just sits up there and answers the calls of you know the the Pagulas, and he's as much of a punching bag as Ralph Kruger is at this point. At what point do we start looking further? Because I I just I I don't understand. It's it's I don't know what's going on. I wanna. I, I do wanna make one point here. Is through all of this, the last week, just this t- like tidal wave of what's happened. I have not once, never once, called for the fire of Jason Bottero. Not once. No. Um. I hundred percent with Tristan. I think this is way above him. I. It. You know. Do I believe what Bottero said uh, the other day on uh, Chopin the Bulldog when he said that? They're given the tools um, to succeed. I, I think they are. It's just this team isn't cap hell, man. They are an absolute cap hell. And yep. we can question the moves he's made. Clearly, obviously, number one being O'Reilly. Um, bringing back certain players this year on uh, our, you know, RFA deals. You know, the you know the uh, signing the arbitration deal. What was it for Gergensen's? And then, um, I mean, the only one I really agree with is... Uh, is probably you know bringing back Omar on the deal they brought him on because yeah. that, in my opinion, is paid off. But just the other deals he made, you know, not buying out Savoca. Why? Why? Like I don't understand why. What did he give you to your team that you felt that you didn't need to buy him out and free up a little bit of money to some wiggle room here for yourself to spend money? Um, yeah. Gergensen's hasn't had a terrible year. Nine goals for him is a good year so far. You know he could end up with like 15, which for him is a good year. But at the same time, you look at other spots on this team, you know, we're, we're stuck with Ocposo. It sucks. It is fucking terrible. Um, I, 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 you know, great guy. You know, you'd love to see him playing better. But, I mean, for $6 million a year, he shouldn't, you know, he shouldn't be getting you, what is he playing, like 10 minutes a night on, on your fourth line? Yeah, at best. <laughs> at best, you know, and then. For whatever reason, you know, Jake McCabe plays the money, plays the minutes he makes, plays I don't understand it. Um, one of the solid moves they have made is, you know, limiting Risto Linen's minutes because it has shown on the ice. He has improved, yes. especially in the defensive zone. It, it has. It's blatantly obvious. Um, I mean, if I'm forgetting anybody here, you guys just jump right in. Like, I just, 
Evan Rodriguez. Yo, Rodriguez, yeah. Oh, bringing him back. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Why? And, yeah, then the guy, just, and then the guy requests a trade. <laughs> it's just it's, it's weird. So weird rewarding guys who, you know, are requesting trades and whatnot. And, you know, Erod requests a trade a week later. You know, he's back in the lineup. A couple of days later, he's on the top line. Like, what are you, yep. you know, Kruger sent out that message. We want guys who want to be here. And then you put that guy on the top you line. You know, the guys it's that it's like, what's happening is, you know, it coming from higher up from either of them that are saying, you know, keep switching up lines, try to do something that's going to work. And they're doing the best they can, but they are playing the guys that are here right now, you know. And that's where, yeah, it definitely doesn't fall on the coach. It's definitely, you know, closer to Jason, if not higher up. But some of these problems, yes, were created before he got here with Ocposo. And it's going to be interesting to see what this team can do. I believe Botro can be the right guy going forward, but it's just with this whole thing going on right now, it's going to be tough in the position that the Pagulas are in after not answering for so long. And speaking about general managers who are not answering, we know another one who's also in New York State. And Katz, you got a lot to say about that. So, coming out of the break, the long bye week and the all-star break, five out of six points isn't too bad for the Isles. Could be a lot worse, but it's not. Coming out playing hey, Vancouver, it's good. It's good. We could would be love better. points. Six out of six could have been uh, what we were looking for, but they come out, lose to Vancouver, beat a big Dallas Stars team, and then a win tonight. And I just want to highlight Kiefer Bellows. Welcome to the show, bud. His first two NHL games with three points. His first two goals tonight. And all I can see is the future. It's working. The farm is coming alive. We're getting scoring from Anthony Bovillier. Michael Down Paul is getting in the mix. We even got a goal from Matt Martin tonight. Matt Give Martin. me a Leo Komarov hat trick on Saturday. I'm taking the first flight out of Iceland at 6.45 in the morning. I'll see the boys down in Tampa. Let's go, Islanders. <laughs> Yuck. There we go, cats going across the aisle for us. Hey, good luck with that flight down there. Have fun. You're going to a great barn down there in Tampa. I heard it's a lot of a lot of fun. You're going to get some good rays down there. I know you're an Italian. You're going to be needing them because you've been missing the sun out there on the aisle. Yeah, man. You know, the summertime is the place to be here on the island, but I'm, I'm excited, man, just to get away for a little bit and uh, get to watch some Isles hockey, and I'll be returning Monday night. So All right, be a good little we'll- vacay. We'll hear from you soon again, and uh, you'll you'll be telling us about the trip, I'm sure. But we got to get back to these Sabers. And one thing Katz brought up is how that Isles farm system is going so well right now, and you know they're bringing guys up through their program through Bridgeport and getting guys who are producing at the NHL level. And it's something the Sabers aren't really doing. You have sort of these same retread guys, whether it's you know Scott Wilson, JSD has been a guy who's just kind of bumped around the league. Um, and it's just like you're not really cultivating any talent. I don't know how you feel about that, Tristan, because I know Pierre Maguire really talked about this on the broadcast. 
Um, I don't know if Dwayne has seen any of that, but he was talking yeah, a lot about first, yeah, first guy, Will Borgen and Jacob Bryson and how Casey Middlestat's playing more minutes down in Rochester. Just because you're playing more minutes doesn't mean anything. Um, let's see some production and let's get it back at the NHL level. That's when I'll start to believe because what he did while he was here didn't make me have any faith in him in the long run, Tristan. You can start it off, send it to Dwayne. Your thoughts on the farm system, this youth coming up right now. So, I mean, I like the farm system. You look at what they did last year. Obviously, it was a disappointing first-round exit in the playoffs. But they look like they're – I mean, it's a good system. I don't think we're using them properly. You mentioned we brought Dia up. I thought one of the players that should have definitely gotten a look to make a next step up to the NHL level just to see what he can do would have been a player like an Andrew Ogilvie. I would have loved to see somebody like him potentially, you know, make a step up just to see what he can do, get him in the mix. He scored at every level. Yeah, he scored at every level. C.J. Smith is down there. Um, you know, we've kind of seen seen him bump in and out of the the NHL roster. But at the end of the day, you know, we have, you know, I, I mean, Dwayne hit it as well, too. You have so many players. You have Zemgus Gergensens. You have a lot of retread players on the NHL level. Larson, you know, Ocposo. They're all our third and fourth line are essentially all the exact same player with minimal production. At this point, I would love to just see more minor leaguers get a chance to move up and, and see what they can do. Look at what happened with, you know, Victor Olofsson. They brought him up. They put him on a good line, and he's done – he's had incredible production. And uh, I want to see that other players. What was Zibolic? that? Yeah, exactly. I just want to see production – Anywhere we can find it, and obviously it's not with the talent and the system that we have running right now. So it's like you you got to start giving other players chances. You can't just sit back and 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 let this shit keep going on. Because I haven't looked at Sabres Twitter in a little while, but the fans are obviously revolting. And you know Dwayne has started this incredible movement where this shit isn't going to end. We're going to keep coming at every single person in upper management until we hear some type of answer, and we have yet to have hear, uh, heard anything. So I mean, we're just sitting back, kind of dicks in hand, looking around like, what are we doing? Like, what's happening? We just lost to the Detroit Red Wings. <laughs> isn't that isn't that isn't that like laughable to say out loud? <laughs> I think- which for like 20 years would have been like, oh, yeah, that's very normal. But like now, nope. <laughs> Terrible. No, like, it, it really is, man. And, you know, as far as the farm system goes, I mean, I mean, how many guys down there could you put with Jeff Skinner that would be better fit than what we are putting with Jeff Skinner right now? Like, let's be real. Like, you put you, – you got who, – who do you play? You play with Evan Rodriguez and who else? It was – uh Skinner, Rodriguez, and was it Scott Wilson? Yeah, third line. Like, I mean, Scott Wilson had a hell of a game. I'm not, I mean, no denying that. But, I mean, you're telling me a guy like Asplund wouldn't be, you know, a better fit for um, a, for Jeff Skinner and Ogilvy. Um, honestly, I mean, I don't, I, I, I'm not ready to bring Casey Middlestat back up, but, I mean, Casey Middlestat, I mean, there's just so many players down there that you can name and just, would be better fit to get more out of Jeff Skinner than Scott Wilson and Evan Rodriguez. So hey, Scott Wilson is an NHL goal scorer tonight. You watch your mouth. 
<laughs> he was. He did. He did. He, he did score. He, technically, he could have had two. You know, if you you know, give him back that first one that got taken away. But can I bring uh, that? I won't up? give it back. That goal. Why was that disallowed? That was kind of. I didn't really think that was going to get disallowed. I thought it could have went either way. Um, I didn't disagree with it. I, you know, I didn't. I, I wasn't upset about it just because it could have went either way. That's yeah. one of those. It um, was. It was like really. It was like minor contact, but where the contact was was exactly where the puck was gonna go. You know. Yeah. That's that's where you know it's it's really ticky tacky on that Tristan. I know. I'm just kind of grasping at straws, but I even said it too, because I'm 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 sitting here watching the game and I'm I see the goal happen and my wife because we come from a long long history of goaltending. I Dwayne knows this, and oh I know. She's even looking at it too. She's like, she's like, there's no way that they're gonna call that no goal. There's no way, and they did. And all I could think of in the back of my mind was, I don't really give a shit. Like, whatever. At this point, we're you know, tank for Lafreniere and whatever. I don't care. Who gives a shit if that's not a goal? I don't care. Is it? Is it time? To is it time to start the tank? Tristan. And- Oh. I think this is one of the most unintentional tanks I've ever seen in my life. Same thing with the, the year with Darlene. That wasn't supposed to be a tank, but it ended up, ended up it being a tank. Out. You know, and how many times are we going to keep doing this, man? Like, honestly, there's a guy out there on the ice uh, that with Detroit tonight that I have loved for a few years now. And, you know, as you know, historically, Detroit is historically the worst, the worst team of all time right now. Right. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's unbelievable. So, Steve Eiserman is a smart guy. He knows yeah. he needs to rebuild. He knows he has the best crack at lapping here. Um, I'm just throwing this out there, man. I mean, if we're, if we don't want to waste Jack's years, you know what he did this year and what he's going to continue to do, would it be out of this realm or out of this world? to package something big to Detroit for a guy like Dylan Larkin because he's going to waste there. What could we even give up? You got to get picks. You have to. Ryan, if Uka Pekalukinen is your future, I mean, we have a goalie right now in Olmark. If, if you, know, you trust a like a two platoon system, I mean, I guess you can make something like that work. Um, Dylan Larkin, second line Dylan Larkin, yeah, normally, yeah, he'll normally play center. He can hop on the wing too if you ever oh, want yeah, him to, sure. which is you know, which is always nice if if uh, a certain someone uh, you know out west ends up working out for us, which is very possible. He's been playing great in the Western Hockey League. It's true. Fuck Dylan Cousins. Cannot wait um, to see is, him. Uh, you know, he's got the he's body. He's a big boy, too. too. He's, he's got the, he, that, that was a great pick, and I'll give all the credit in the world to Jason Botterill because people really wanted Cole Caulfield at that spot, but I no. will give him all the credit yeah. in the world. I really think that he made the right decision on, on Dylan Cousins. I wanted Trevor Zegras. If I'm being totally honest, at that spot, I think Zegras went – a little bit after to Anaheim, I would have loved Trevor Zegers too. But it's, I mean, it, it's obviously too early to tell. But yeah. with the production and what we've seen out of Dylan Cousins so far, whether it's Team Canada, whether it's in the Western Hockey League, it's there. I mean, it's nothing but promising coming coming from that. Oh, agreed. And but but you know, going back to my point before, like 
I just think you know, if depending depending on where your pick is going to fall, um, I don't know if you like as a lottery protective. Like, what would you give up for a guy like Dylan Larkin? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I would overpay for him in a heartbeat. Absolutely, he's a guy that you could pl- put in your lineup next year. He's the same age as Jack, and what you did, know what? He what did the Sabers give up for O'Reilly? Nothing. We gave up was it two first. Uh, did we go to? That was just the first. Zadora, Comfer, and a first. Yeah, Zadora, JT, Comfer, and I think a first. We gave him Gregorenko too, didn't we? Yeah, we gave Gregorenko as well. Yep, because he went back to play with Wa, which is where he played. He played with Wa and with Juan Juniors. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, honestly, man, it's not. I really don't think it's it's a it's a deal that is out of the realm of possibility, especially when you're rebuilding. I know Dylan Larkin's a hometown boy of Michigan, and you know he'll, you know, people love him over there. But I, I watch Detroit games, and no one goes anyways, you know. So yeah, do would do Sam Reinhart, Sam Reinhart, Allmark, and a first? No. I do Casey Middlestad. I would do Casey Middlestad a first and a second and Allmark, hundred percent. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I could. I could see that happening. That that could make sense. You're getting, you're getting a player that you could that you could possibly use next year in Middlestad if you want, unless you want to keep letting him develop. You're getting a first round pick. You're getting a second, and you're getting your potential starting goalie, which you're, you're just filling holes if you're Steve Eisenman. Yep, you're filling yeah. holes as many as possible at that point, which is bigger than just which, filling one hole for them. Like when you're in a full right rebuild, now, that's way more important. Because in the NHL, Absolutely. you can turn it around so quickly. So if you can fill that many holes yeah, you know, with one swing of the golf club, it makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. But like, you look at it, too. And, again, I, this, I'm just going back to tonight. So I've had a couple of cocktails. I've been just slamming Pink Whitney's. It's not good. Um, how <laughs> many players on that Detroit Red Wings team – I don't know why, just because I, I haven't seen a ton of their games. I know that they're on the East Coast, or they're technically in the East now. How many of those players have you never heard of? It's unbelievable to Oh, my think. God, dude. I, yeah, I, thought, like, I thought I was listening to it on the radio at first at work, and I thought I was listening to a like an NHL like 2020 like career mode 10 years down the line where like, there's like a bunch of guys with like generic names for every where they're from like it was unbelievable yeah I'm, I'm listening to the play-by-play and obviously i know everybody on the sabers because it's all a, it's a joke here i'm listening to the the announced detroit redwood players and i'm like i haven't heard of probably 75 percent of that team besides you know larkin anthony cu uh, in a, and a couple of guys outside of there, but you know, their their third and fourth line is like any AHL team. I'm like, what the hell is this? How is how are they doing this? I don't even know how they're in the NHL, but obviously they are, and they beat the Sabers tonight. So like, there's only so much we can really say about that. Like. Uh, like you know what I mean, Dwayne? Right? Like, there's only so much you can say when you beat all these AHLers. Or you can't beat the NA- or AHLers. You, you you have you have one NHL line and three AHL lines. That's you, exactly you, what you, you have three and three. You have three and you have two and three quarters AHL lines because then you have Jeff Skinner sitting there who's just kind of just there, <laughs> you know. So, I mean. 
Um, I, I hope with this cap that we're going to free up next year, depend, no matter who the, the GM will be, whether it's still Jason Bottero or, like I know people I like to throw Ray Shiro's name around, um, whoever it is, man, um, you know, I hope they just make better use of the cap space we have than we did this last offseason because I, I like Mark and Johansson, but he's playing out of position. Dwayne, um, are you scraping snow? No, I just, I'm walking into my house right now. Oh, <laughs> that's what it is. It's snow. Yeah, so, yeah, there's snow everywhere right now. But it's just unbelievable right now. Like, everyone thought early on in this, this season – um, and when we signed Johansson, he could be the possible second center fit, but it just hasn't worked out, and he's even you know, admitted to it. He's doing as much as he can trying to fit into this role, but it's a position he hasn't played in years, and it's sort of an adjustment other team like the Capitals had made because of something they've seen in this play, and it's very obvious to why he was moved to winger. He's much more fluid there. I think it suits his skating much more and his ability to shoot on the fly whereas you know playing up and down trying to run the game through the middle of the ice isn't going to work for him and it's just i mean he's a good piece possibly going forward like but you don't really want to trade a guy who you just signed on a three-year deal at the end of year one tristan no and we nailed it on the head round hole type of situation Everyone said, oh, in the beginning of the year, oh, he can step in and play 2C. He, he's not a natural center. He's a winner. And we're trying to force him into a position that he can't play. If you think about it, he's more likely a third or fourth line player, more likely third than anything. But look at what he did in the playoffs with the Boston Bruins. He was on the third line with Charlie Coyle, and they looked absolutely incredible. We are players in situations so they can specifically fail because we're trying to play players. It doesn't It's not We're not going to get to where we need to be by jamming players in the world that they have to fit into. I'll, uh, I'll piggyback off that. Yeah, we also remember that Johansson was playing, again, on Boston, which, I mean, if you want to look for a better – you can't look – you can't find a much better developed team – than the Boston Bruins, let's let's be real. Like that, that's exactly. top to bottom was it was groomed correctly, the right moves were made. You know when when spots had to be filled. Yep. I mean that's the that's the proto prototypical way you want to build a hockey team. And I see what we're trying to do with Johansson is the same thing we did with Sam Reinhart. We moved Sam off out of center to the wing, and it worked. Well, it's not going to work in this situation. You're not going to be able to move a guy who has been playing most of his career on the wing the center and I expect that to work this much into his career it's not it's not like you know he, you know he came into the league it's like hey we're gonna make you play center we know you're a winger um it, it's just not gonna work like that with with him he's he's been playing on the wing he's had his most success on the wing so and then to not not to mention you're throwing him at your second line center in a position he's familiar with but he's not you know as familiar with I just I I, I just you know, it was a terrible move in the offseason, not not to sign him, but to sign him to be your second-line center. Exactly. Well, think about it, too. Our last second-line center was Ryan O'Reilly. I Pause. 
Stanley Cup champion, Con Smythe winning, Ryan O'Reilly. Yep. How do you replace what Ryan O'Reilly brought to that team and you try to throw somebody like Marcus Johansson onto that second line? I just don't understand it. No. And I wanted to bring this up, too, because I read an article. I forgot what I forgot where it was from, but I don't know if anybody else saw this, but about, you know, Eichel potentially – nobody's saying that this is happening. But what if Eichel demands out of Buffalo – we're five years into his, you know, tenure with the or his tenure with the Buffalo Sabers. There's been no upward trend whatsoever. We have been seeing the same shit year after year. What if he comes out and says, "I don't want to be here anymore"? Like, how many more years are we going to wait? Are we going to give him? Are we going to wait two more years before he says that? Or what? What happens if if he says that? What do we do? How do you handle that? What the hell is going to happen? This team needs to be to, just to avoid. This team needs to make moves in the offseason to make the playoffs next year. It can't be. It can't be a development, a slow process thing anymore. It has to be next year. You you, you can't let this kid go to waste anymore. By that point, we'll be what three years into his deal. Yeah. Years. And you, you just can't waste it anymore. You can't. Like it's plain oh. and simple. And after the, I think after the fifth year or something like that, he has a no movement clause on his contract after, I think it's the, I think it's the fifth year or something like that. And, you know, everyone keeps talking, everyone's photoshopping the pictures of him in a Boston Bruins jersey because Patrice Bergeron isn't getting any younger. Boston's going to eventually need a number one center as well. And if the Sabres keep going down this exact same path, why would he not waive his no trade clause head back home with his whole family and go play in front of the hometown Boston Bruins where he would excel and put up multiple 100-point seasons. I mean, why would you not consider that? But the problem, too, is, you know, it would be super easy to go and sign a bunch of free agents, but who the, oh, who the there's, fuck oh, this wants class. to... Oh. Now? There's not... That's the thing is there's not a great free agent class coming here. Um, because it looks like a lot of these guys, you know, are going to end up getting re-signed and whatnot. I mean, maybe Taylor Hall hits free agency. But what, do you overpay for Taylor Hall the way you overpaid for Jeff Skinner? You can't because of that. Because you're going to have to pay Darlene, and it's just... That's where, you know, we're we're in a spot right now. Um... I don't think Taylor Hall would probably want to come here anyways. Um, just with, you know, the reputation of what's going on right now around the league, because it's obviously not just what's going on with the hockey team. It seems to be, you know, permeating throughout the entire organization, you know, whether it's the Anderchuk signing or the Anderchuk uh, misspelling. Um, shout out Buddha who... <laughs> apologized on behalf of all Sabres fans. Um, our own, very own Wayne Bratsky met Andrew Chuck tonight and apologized on behalf of all Sabres fans. And he did accept the apology, so we should be regarded in a, a much better light in his eyes uh, going forth. But, you know, all that stuff, like, if that's, you know, it's such an oversight, you know, from the president. And who's the president right now? And it's Kim, and she's an owner, and it's, <laughs> you know, it, it is what it is. Like, it's very obvious. Like, there's people in in their positions who 
have made very big mistakes. But there aren't any job openings, so that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Isn't it? It's just, I just don't understand having a non-hockey person in charge of hockey decisions. Like, I I don't understand it. Well, I think she's, I think her main, I think she's staying out of the hockey and she's just trying to look at business decisions. But these are business decisions when it comes down to it. Uh, The entire T of, you know, a sports organization is a business, whether it's a product on the ice, off the ice. And that's where I think they're being a little bit misguided with her just, you know, being the president. Because I don't think she's looking into analytics. I don't think she's looking at, you know, what players are, hey, this or that. So you're completely, you know, off but you don't have anyone under you who's overlooking Jason. So you don't have anyone overlooking that, and it's just him in in charge of that. And then when you look at what's going on, you know, with these things, whether you're missing deadlines with the NHL for warm-ups or uh, the misspelling of the jerseys, the knockoffs, et cetera, et cetera, these are are huge miscues that can very easily be – picked out and now we see these trading cards coming out from upper deck or whatever um that are <laughs> at um tim hortons right now we're getting the wrong player's name and what is it like yoki haru on a whatever card um yeah I saw it's an absolute joke and guess what upper deck is not printing these cards for you unless you approve the proofs i will That's tell you true. that on my life you know, like they're not doing that. That's not happening. So and someone that's, that's, absolutely that's, missed on that again. That 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 was to my point is like hockey decisions. Like it goes hand in hand with business decisions. But I just she has no experience in this. I mean, what what experience do you have in running a sports franchise and everything that goes into running a sports franchise? Like, and like I said, I. It, as much as the bad things that people have said about the Bagulas and, their, and the job they've done as owners, like, is my firm belief that, like, you know, there's a good chance we might not have both sports franchises, if not for them. And no matter what, what their reasoning was for buying, buying the team, that's just a fact. But just because you've done that doesn't make, doesn't mean that, that, that doesn't excuse yep. taking the fans for granted. And that's what they're doing. They're taking us for granted. They're thinking that because this is hockey heaven, or now hockey hell, that we're just going to fill the seats no matter what. That we're just going to buy $9, $10, $12, $14 beers no yeah, matter what. Yeah, they're like $14, right? $13.50. We're going to pay 8 bucks for a, a fucking slice of pizza no matter what. Because we're, we love hockey. Well, you know what, man? When I was a kid, and the ownership was different even under the Reguses. And after that, Galisado, there was an attention, an attention to detail to the fan. Mm-hmm. And that has been the biggest outside of the on-ice product, which is severely lacking. That has been what's severely lacking. They, they could have won that game 5 nothing tonight. And honestly, how loud would it have been? Like, how loud? Like, let's be real. How loud? Like it's just, you know, you know, I, I was as brought up to me. I did I did an interview on Channel Seven tonight. You know, there there are seats 
that are that are held together by two by fours in the arena, which is a uh, joke. It's yep. a joke. Um, like like just the overall fan experience is a joke. And I, I had somebody bring it up to me at the Colorado game. You know, sometimes players need to feed off the, fan, the, the passion of the fans. Well, you know, this organization has sucked that passion out. And even for even for the 12, 10, 11, 12 year old kid, like. What do they have to look forward to to go to Sabres game? Meeting Sabretooth? Cool. <laughs> cool. Awesome. They might they Brady. might catch a, a shirt that's an XL. Yeah. Adult XL. That doesn't fit them at I, all? I think the whole thing is bullshit, too. I hear that, and you, you say that the team feeds off of the fans. That's bullshit because the fans feed off of the team. If you put a shitty product on the ice – you expect the fans to be excited mm-hmm. and to be crazy over DJ Milk? You are <laughs> out of your goddamn yep. mind. I don't care what anybody says. You have to put a, a good product on the ice. They could bring back the slug jerseys tomorrow. They could say that Royal Blue is never coming back ever yes. again. If they are winning, I don't care anything looks like you could leave this arena the exact same for the next 20 years if they're winning or at least competing i don't yeah. give a shit i will go to games i am questioning my season tickets at this point but it's okay but it's okay because we have royal blue jerseys coming back fuck you are you kidding me yep you know where i'm getting my jersey china Please solve this coronavirus D- quick gate. so I can get some. Yup, DH gate. No, I mean, sh- sh- mate. No, please. Just no, gotta okay. wait. Just gotta wait six to seven weeks for that uh, delivery. <laughs> it might be more than that right now. I'm, I would wait much longer for that delivery right now. I would not place an order from DH gate right now. I, 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 I honestly, I, I do a lot of beer blasts and. I'll spend a hundred bucks out there uh, on there on DHgate, and I'll 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 raffle them all off, and I'll probably bring back about two hundred fifty bucks. It's an easy money maker for me. It's free money. They're giving it away. It is. It is. It is. But uh, I don't know if you're getting at what I'm getting at. Uh, there's a certain uh, coronavirus. I would not oh, order yeah. a goddamn thing from China right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, Boys. I, I would stay away from that, just like I would stay away from the Key Bank Library, unless you're going there for the protest on uh, Saturday. All I'm saying is, at the end of the day, I don't care. I would. I, they could play in an outdoor rink. They could play anywhere. They could do anything. They could all go back to using wooden sticks and old equipment. If they win, I don't care. Fans don't care about a fan experience. They don't care about all this fancy shit that that they have in arenas nowadays. I Again, I, next month, I'm wheels up to Las Vegas. I'm going to watch the Sabres play in Las Vegas, me and the rest of the train wreck boys. But here's the deal. The, that's only successful if you're putting together a winning team. Everything, all the theatrics and all the shit that Las Vegas puts that, on and yeah, any of the if, it, if you lose. Yeah. Every other, you know, it, it comes down to the product on the ice. 
if you get a shit product night after night, fans are going to start pointing things out. This is the problem that we're running into now is we're pre- we're producing such a bad product that everyone's pointing out everything. Do you think when the Sabres were winning the President's Trophy that people were pointing out the fan experience? They were pointing out little flaws and shit that you would see in the arena or talk about the you know management, this and that. No, take a guess why. Because you're winning. If you win, you can shut everybody up. You can clear the whole room, and you can just go based off of a winning record. You can go based off of fans being happy about going to games. But right now, it's you're. I mean, you're digging a hole. Yeah. You're digging a hole right now. We're dealing with the bullshit of a shit product on the ice, and not just that. Mm-hmm. You're able to point out every little flaw. You're able to point out everything. Do you think it matters that much? Say right now we are in the playoffs, we're battling with Boston or whatnot, and they misspelled Dave Andertuck's jersey? No. It would be a blip on the radar. It'd be, it'd be a huge joke. We're, exactly. We're able to look at it that way, but now with the shit the way that, that, that it is, Everything is going to be pointed out. You are under a microscope. Figure it out. Figure it out. Yep, that's that's exactly what it is. Is when you're losing, obviously everything is magnified, and it's just the fact that they've done absolutely nothing to enhance the fan experience. It's just been like, here you go. Hope the team's better because they're not doing anything else different besides that. And the moves they've made obviously haven't panned out. So it's like, what is this regurgitated floss cam and et cetera, et cetera. Like, this all sucks. Like, nobody cares. (laughs) Like, oh, yeah, the puck is under uh, hat A. It's very obvious. Like, what? Like, oh, yeah, Plinko. Yeah, they missed every time, but you still gave him the jersey. Congratulations. Like, it's all played out. It's the same old, same old, no matter what. Like, they need to take like a book out of a minor league team or something and start doing some fun stuff at these games too. Like, because there's things you can do even when you're losing to at least get some sort of attention or something, you know what I mean? Like just to generate some sort of enthusiasm, but they're not able to do any of that. They're getting the absolute opposite reaction. And yeah, it's, it's obviously magnified because of losing, but still like the lack of, advancement in any sort of fan experience has been troubling but let's get into these final thoughts here Dwayne we'll send it to you first rip it off for me uh embarrassing tonight was embarrassing I mean do you really think it could get much more embarrassing than what we've seen over the last week I mean this is the most unified this fan base has been in years like, you know, in, as in one voice, and um, it's embarrassing the way that it happened. Um, you know, I, I, I can't recall a sports franchise that was this much in disarray and had it come to this. And now it's just, now you got Andrew Raycroft, like, tweeting out about it. You know, uh, Andrew... Andrew fucking Raycroft. I didn't even know the guy was still alive. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, um, I mean, I mean, golly, 
played his rookie card, so. Um, <laughs> um, but it's, uh, you know, honestly, guys, I, I'm not sure what to think. It's, it's, I, I, the only word I can just keep saying is it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing that we just lost to a historically bad Detroit Red Wings team that a team that has maybe fills 30% of the arena a night on a home game. 30. Yeah. Maybe, these, best. you know, it's, it's, you know, we just lost a Bernier in that <laughs> of all. It's just, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't have answers. I, I, I don't. I'm speechless. And the first time in the last week and a half, I'm speechless. Yeah, it absolutely sucks right now, Dwayne, and we all feel you. Hashtag we are all Dwayne. And I didn't tell you before we started this, but the first we are all Dwayne shirts came in. I got to get you yours so you can wear it to the next game. But we'll send it over to Cats. I think you're still on this call. What do the Islanders got to do? You're going down to Tampa. Give it to me before we send it over to the funnel guy. I'm headed down to Tampa Saturday morning to watch the boys play the Tampa Bay Lightning, and I couldn't be any more excited, but it's a tight race in the Metro right now. You got teams teetering in and out of the wild card in the top three in the division, and it's looking like yet another exciting year down the stretch for the boys, and we're just hoping that we get back to the postseason um, under Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello again. But trade deadline's coming up. Who knows what's going to happen? Kiefer Bellows is ripping it up, but is his trade value going up? Absolutely. Who knows what's going to happen? Let's go, Isles. Yeah, we brought Cats on mainly because we figured, you know, the Sabres would probably contend for a playoff spot, and we'll get a big look into that wild card race with the Isles. And, yeah, that's not happening. But we'll live vicariously through you, Cats, as you're probably going to be watching your team in the playoffs yet again. Tristan, give me your final thoughts before we send this one off. Same thing. Nailed it on. I mean, it's speechless. I, I have, I mean, you really have no, like, I don't even have any thoughts. It's, it's a dumpster fire, clean house, empty everything. I don't know. It's, this is, this is all I have. I have nothing else. I'm dying inside. Yeah. I'm right there with you. And people who are also dying inside are the, the owners and employees at Amherst Ale House who have to give out 50% off pitchers of Molson and Coors Light and medium pizza, medium pepperoni pizzas during all Sabres games until the end of eternity, a.k.a. when they win the Stanley Cup. Oh, that's going to go on forever. And it absolutely sucks. We don't have the answers right now. We hope it gets fixed. Ugh. Let's go Sabres, but we'll sign it off with a little something from Matt Bove. I don't have the answers. 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 